Honey, you're ruining our kid with Jarlath and Tina, a Go Loud parenting podcast proudly sponsored by Buy Me. The only way to get done stores delivered to your door in as little as an hour. Shop the full range of grocery products handpicked by your Buy Me personal shopper. T's and C's apply. You're very welcome to another episode of Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid, the parenting podcast from the Irish Man Abroad Podcast Network. And of course, go loud with the support of buyme.ie. Tina, how tired are you right now? We were in bed very late. <laughs> we were in bed at two last night, not because we were out partying. Yeah, we don't party. We don't, we don't party. But because Charlotte was gigging and I mm. always think it's a good idea to go along until I remember the journey home. Yeah, I always <laughs> think it's funny that people think that when you come to shows that it's just a night out for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, really, she's dealing with my neurosis in yeah. the wings. And, Jared puts uh, me to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was amazing down in Tupperware. Oh, my God, Jared. It was amazing. I have never been there. It's, it's a, a long way. Called. It was a long way. <laughs> we got such a kick out of that show. That joke. We said it to the guy who was organizing the show. He's like, don't, don't say don't that. Say Definitely that. don't say that to the crowd. <laughs> the, that'll turn the, the, the name of the town was Care, mm-hmm. which is for those of you abroad and not Irish. Would expect it to be spelled a completely different way, but yeah. it's spelled C A H I R I R I R Kahir. Yeah, chair. I and I believe that's why the town got called Care is because it sounds like chair. <laughs> and I was again told, "Don't say that to the audience." Yeah. They're very protective of how the place is pronounced. It's beautiful. Long story I've short, I've never been there. So it's gorgeous, so beautiful. Swiss cottage and everything. There's a, so many castles and. A really amazing mad castle. About castles. Yeah, I am. But a portcullis that still works for anyone port who. Portcullis, give who Tina a like... good portcullis, I tell you. She'd wake up at night. I mean, we got out of the car and Tina put her hands on her hips and looked around and said, I would move here until we realised that none of the restaurants remain open past 6 pm. <laughs> yeah. Who closes a restaurant at 6 pm on a Saturday night? Yeah, the I. People have... of care. That's who. I have to watch this castle obsession because when we're in Kilkenny, I'm like, I could live here. And it's really just you because just I like the castle. You just want to live in a castle. castle. Yeah. <laughs> you want to live in a castle. Tina would be the Enya of parenting podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So you want to contact her, you've got to uh, write her a letter. There'll be no more emails to honey, you're ruining our kid at gmail.com. That was such a good segue, it has to be said. <laughs> yeah. You guys have been banging in the emails and we're going to deal with, as usual, anonymously, three of them here. And one over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad will be coming back to somebody who was in touch. Uh, And what do you do if a teacher takes a dislike to your child? Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that over on Patreon. Head over to Patreon. For a fiver a month, you sign up, you get access to absolutely everything, including bonus episodes of this podcast and lots and lots more. We also put a call out this week for questions or examples of tantrums that have been thrown in supermarkets uh, by your child by your child not just your partner or, <laughs> i can help with that too i can help with that yeah. too and uh, also in response to those emails people who have been trying out the buy me are really happy and yeah. can't believe it Much i have one friend stress. who works a crazy job all kinds of hours has two kids never has time for anything buy me she says changing her life everything. so that's pretty cool 
Just getting it delivered. Just yeah. getting things delivered. But that it's, was a big the, revelation of the, the pandemic the time. for me. It's the time frame. Yeah. She's able to do it on the way home and yeah. it's there when she and gets it's there. there. It's so she fast. She can't believe that. Yeah. Buy me.ie and you get a little uh, Honey 10 promo code that yeah. will give you 10, pa- 10 euros free. I'm still talking in pants. It's been yeah, quite a me while. me too. I spent the whole time we lived in St. Albans calling Sainsbury's... Uh, Super Quinn. Super Quinn, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm back here. This Super Quinn hasn't been around for years. Now I'm back here and I call everywhere Saints Free. Yeah, and you so. call everybody mate. <laughs> mate, yeah. <laughs> um, we've so much to get to, but Tina, I wanted to say... Um, that you love me. One thing, well, I say that way too often. <laughs> if, if I'm honest, I think I've boosted your ego too much there. Um, I had somebody talk to me backstage at a show this week about how their their difficulty with their kids is that they don't have any leverage that they have nothing that they can go if you don't do it Mm. this won't happen now i don't know where you stand on that like you obviously need at some point to be able to go you talk about this a lot it's like you need to have a realistic punishment that isn't going to ruin the weekend for the family you need to have something available to you if you have to follow through on a consequence yeah so this guy was saying to me i have no leverage there's nothing i can go the kid is like, take it away. I don't care. I'll just yeah, do something that, else. That happens sometimes. Firstly, maybe the child just has too much, you mm-hmm. know, too much stuff and isn't. Very possible. Yeah. Secondly, uh, they haven't followed true enough on the consequence. Mm. They know they're You're willing weak. to push back because they're like, you'll probably forget. Yeah. I mean, that happened to me. Yeah. I have to set reminders in my phone. Yeah, because Tina doesn't have a great memory. memory it's one of the terrible. reasons this relationship has lasted it's so long. It's definitely the reason. <laughs> well, look, we look. We'll talk about that more as the episode goes on because that's obviously a bigger mm. thing, and it's a much more wide-ranging conversation about. It does leave actually, you feeling powerless, though, does, as a parent. Yeah, yeah, because that's when they're at their most cheeky, right? Yeah, and cheekiness is very hard to take. This is, honey, you're ruining our kid. The No Judgment Parenting Podcast from the Irish Man Abroad Podcast Network. Send us your emails. Send us your questions. Mm-hmm. Tina's 20 years of experience. She's seen everything. So no matter what you're going through, you're not on your own. No. Tina's seen it. And chances are we've got emails on it. Mm-hmm. So lash them in. Honey, you are ruining our kid at gmail.com. Let's get to it. I just found your podcast after searching for how to talk to children about death and I loved listening to all the other topics in the episode. So I'm now following and listening to your show. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. The question I have, though, is more specific than just death. How do you talk to your child aged nine to 12 about the death of a classmate? Oh, my God. Mm. Whether it is a best buddy or a classmate, who do you help? How do you help? A preteen process their feelings, discuss grief, mortality and keep moving forward with their day and life. A local young boy aged nine had an asthma attack and is oh. now in hospital oh. in a coma and likely won't live. A dear friend of mine is trying to prepare himself with how to talk to her daughter. They have not had a loved one or friend die to confront this topic or to prepare them for this topic. Thank you so, so much. Enjoy your podcast. And I'm amazed how much it reaches and resonates all over the world from an American parent in New Zealand. Oh, there is a note on that. Yes. Do you see that? Yeah. Because I got back to this person straight away. And unfortunately, by the next day, this child had passed. And it's very, 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 very sad. 
but she had already forwarded on um, my message to this mom and dad to help. And um, it's just so tough because how do we prepare our children for this? Something they won't really understand. But definitely, I always say this, you tell them the truth. You give them facts. I mean, yesterday, like this week, unfortunately, a friend of ours, someone we know and someone very close to other people we know, passed away. And we went to the removal yesterday. And I said the healthiest thing about that removal was that his children were there in the room with their dad in the coffin and they everything was very real. They were being allowed to feel their real feelings. And I was explaining to Mikey how that takes the fear away for them. They don't have to worry or, you know, go to different fears in their brain because they're safe in facts and truth. So it's really tough. This is, is there very a tough. limit? Of course. Yeah, of course. You need to keep it in terms of their age and what they can understand. You don't need to go into any, you know, adult gory details. But with this child, because they passed as well, I then had to go back to them and help with um, <clears throat> how do you now help this child through grief? How do we help our children grieve? You know, um, my suggestion was as well that they help their children put together memory boxes of this kid that they can visit mm-hmm. when they're missing him. They can go to their memory boxes. I think it's really important to talk about the person to keep it healthy that way. Let them enjoy their memories with this kid. To talk about the unfairness of it. This is not usual. Hmm. It's not usual for a child to pass, especially from an asthma attack. It's very unfortunate. It's you, see, really you say sad. it with such confidence, though, Tina. But you like because you know your own limits and you know the lines that I'm saying there. Yeah, is there a limit? That's true. Yeah. So for other people listening to this, they're like, yeah, there's a limit. Where is it? Like where? Like you say, don't go into gory details. Mm. Don't go too adult. But like at certain points in the last few weeks, we've had emails on this very topic and people going, the kid never wants to stop talking about it. Mm. Like, do you just make a time in the day or a time in the week for it? I think, you know, you deal with the questions as they come. But if they're getting too much, don't forget, redirection is your superpower. You can easily redirect and uh, distract your child to do something else. Hmm. And then when they come again, you can answer that question. But remember, don't indulge. Indulging in these questions isn't good. Hmm. Answer them honestly and truthfully and then redirect and put them to something else. And when you say all this, are you talking about what age kids are you talking about? Well, I guess, I mean... Any child under three. Okay, well, she's saying nine to 12. And I find that's a really tough age because a nine to 12 year old can basically have access to Google and Mm. be Googling mad stuff. But they won't go there if they feel like they're being told the truth. That's what I mean about children. It is safer for your child. They feel safer knowing, well, my parents tell me these things. Not telling your child or explaining to them, like like that removal yesterday. If those kids hadn't got to go to that, mm. then they're left wondering, where is my dad? Yeah, there's a gap. There's a gap. And letting your child, leave, leaving them in wonder isn't good because that's where they become unsafe. That's why they start getting unsettled at nighttime. They have these moments of aloneness where they have these thoughts that aren't answered. It's very sad and awful for this family. I mean, the poor things. I mean... How tragic. And her asthma attack 
It's just so, so basic, sad. you know, it's such a simple thing. It's such a simple, we know a so lot of So you've seen this, so like, so you've seen in your time yeah. as a teacher, because a lot of the time Tina will come home from work or uh, with the schools that she's worked in and, you know, we'll want to just move on mm. with our day because you're dealing with so much stuff. But you have had kids in your class who've suffered loss and yeah. grief and the parents are directing you. Do you go to the teacher is my question. Oh, yeah. And say, yeah. this is how we're doing it. Yeah, well, if they they come to you for help, but I find the most thing parents find tricky with kids is they ask uncomfortable questions because they don't really understand the sadness. Uh, so it's more like they trigger you. Yeah, their questions aren't the same as what you're feeling. They're feeling it in a different way. Yeah, they're more. It's more of a curiosity with the kids. Yeah, and that can be they that can be, can be upsetting. Yeah. They can be very insensitive questions. But to them, you it's cannot curi- get mad at them. No, it, they're curious, and mm. it's and. But then you are also teaching them about respect. Yeah. Like respect for the dead. Yeah, but that's like how you you do like, even even on this removal that we were at, on the way and afterwards, like trying to explain, you don't play music like that. You don't go on games. You know, mm. we're at this mm. voice down. This kind of stuff, like. You've always said you kind of got to tell them what's expected of oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, too. yeah, absolutely. Not just like, yeah, I get that well, you're curious about this, but here's what's expected of you in our culture. Oh, yeah. And prepare them for the funeral. Tell them what's going to happen before they get there. Yeah. Otherwise, no, loads that's of people a don't. very scary I mean, thing we've been at funerals where kids have not been told I what's mean, about to happen. Absolutely. Really scary. And I mean, we saw it ourselves. My, we had a debt in our family two weeks ago and there was kids really shocked to see the grave. Mm. And But that's because we've been through a pandemic and no one's no got one to got go to, to go. funerals yeah. and stuff. But um, this is really sad. But I'm always like, I think a memory box here is really good. And then there's those incredible books like The Invisible String mm. and, you know, um, The Co- um, No Matter What by Debbie Laurie. There's yeah. loads. There's loads of books. There are loads good of incredible books. Good luck with No Matter What. I just oh, yeah. say that to all of you. <laughs> I love that book so That much. no matter what book, uh, we'll link it in the info. I am in bits on page one. <laughs> and by the time you get to the end, though, there's an amazing hug waiting for you at the end. And even if you're not a hugger, that mm. book will bring it out of you. Yeah. And there'll be something that, like, we all remember the books from our childhood. Yeah, that I, re- what was the one that sticks out in your mind from your childhood? The, the, like the little kid book that you read? That really stayed with um, you. Six Dinners Sid, I think, was read a lot in our house. What's that? It's about a cat who kind of roams around the neighborhood during the day. Or he didn't enjoy he it. He six dinners. Yeah, he, yeah, he's getting a load of dinners unbeknownst to his owner. And I was <laughs> What's like, the why message? are we always reading this book? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I really don't like this book. Like, why are we always reading it? It's about greed. Yeah, maybe it's about I, how you can't trust cats. You don't trust cats. I was dustbin when I was a kid. Maybe my mother, maybe I'm only copping on to it and now. And you don't trust cats. I don't trust cats. Tina really does not like cats. They're very, I, well, we have a cat here who I kind of like. They're very sleazy. Like, why are you rubbing yeah, it against me? They're Blech. creeps. I don't There'll like how they feel. a lot of cat people listening now going, that's it. <laughs> Done with this pod. Well, you know, I think I have my own few sensory issues. And the idea mm. of the cat's hair touching me gives me the mm. heebie-jeebies. Mm. <laughs> but the cat we have here is hilarious. He hides around corners and then jumps out and frightens our dogs. He's he funny. A sense of humor. All also, right we there. had cats in St. Albans who I liked, our neighbor's cats. 
So there's three cats in my whole life. Six dinners, Sid <laughs> is the book What's that Tina book, doesn't Charlotte? recommend. Oh, look, it's just so many. What, honestly, what's the one that stands so out for you? Many. Like I read Emperor's New Clothes and the um, Magic Paintbrush mm. so many times that they're embedded in my memory, and I could oh. I could redraw the drawings in those books. There was some immediately. story that I often dream about where the girl had a tiny little oven in the woods. I can't mm-hmm. remember any other details. Hansel and Gretel. No, 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 no. It was like... She oven to, in the woods. How dangerous is this? She used to bake... It was a tiny oven, really small. And she used to bake little tiny things. Okay, if you know what story <laughs> that is. And if it'll help your kids with grief. <laughs> no, it won't. It won't. I find some of those stories looking back where you're just like, what what, we, what was this all about? Like, oh. I found the, the Emperor's New Clothes book. The amount of nudity in it. I was like... This is a lot of nudity. Yeah, but, you know, at least those yeah. stories were okay. My house and my granddad's and stuff, they were telling me those old Irish folktales. Oh, God. Feckin' terrifying. Yeah. And the other day I bought one. Um, WB Yeats had uh, had helped edit. What was that guy? The president of Ireland fellow? Douglas Hyde had gone around and collected all these old stories. They are so scary. I was reading them but going. that was the idea. Scare your kids to bed. Yeah, like I still have to cover my ears at night time because I'm terrified the fairies are going to come in and try and take me <laughs> <you>. off. <laughs> and this is a woman you're taking parenting advice from. <laughs> Hey, Tina and Jar. Firstly, I absolutely love the show. I never managed to listen to any other parenting podcast for more than one episode. So we're doing well. This is great. That's really cool. Okay, I'm writing to you about the children who struggle to behave appropriately at school. Okay. Uh, Whether you should confront the parents. That's the question. Mm. I've been thinking long and hard about how I would react. Well. My son is one of those kids. Okay. Okay. So she's the kid. She's the parent of the kid. Of the kid that can't behave appropriately in school. Okay. So, all right. This is interesting. We have been having complaints since he started nursery. Nursery? Yeah. So he's now in year one Mm -hmm. in England. Right. That's how they call it. Okay. And I've developed an unconscious flinch when a teacher approaches me. Oh, my God. He's only just, six. But I'm totally paranoid. <laughs> when teachers approach me, oh, I yeah. immediately like, what did he do? <laughs> uh, my son has also been at the receiving end. And when the school left a message to tell us there was an incident at school and to come in in an hour, I presumed he was the perpetrator. I've done that, too. I've yeah. never felt so bad in all my life. This incident went on for months And never did I think I needed to confront the parents as, thankfully, the school were on it, Mm. right? But I did have to remind myself occasionally that what we're talking about here is a five-year-old. Yes, exactly. I mean, good good on you. Yeah. Uh, Because so many parents get lost Mm -hmm. in the the little best ape. Also... I hate that they decide that's who that kid is. He's mm-hmm. five. Pigeon I'm sorry. Hole. Right now, he's five. Yeah, yeah. This is who he in is a at constant the moment. State of change. Next week, he could be completely different. Completely. Give him a chance. Yeah, just with one compliment, mm, you could change compliment. everything. Yeah. Okay, so she says, You seem like a fountain of knowledge on behavior. I assume you're referring to <laughs> Tina there. 
I'm going to guess that's <laughs> aimed at Tina. And I was wondering if there were any books you'd yeah, recommend. that's a hard one. Our problem is if we focus too much on getting good behavior, it really affects his mental health and leads to night terrors and other coping mechanisms. That's I don't know what to say about that. So he's that. under a bit of pressure because so let's they, face they, it, he's got a rep. And these kids mm. who have a reputation of being that child are, they mm. are frustrated. They have more behaviours than other kids because they're so tired of nothing I do is OK. Mm. Everything I do is wrong. Yeah. And he's five and he's feeling that already. That's a yeah, lot of pressure. He feels like um, he he's a criminal. with He's got a record. Yeah. But they, he does because... I mean, it's so silly. I say it all the time. How can you, as a grown-up, take offence to a little child or, you know, get involved? Like, she asked about my advice on getting involved. And I always think, don't go to the parents. She did it the right way. Mm. When when there was an issue with her kid, she kept it within the school. I like to go up to the parents and push them in the chest (laughs) and go, uh, you and I need to sort this out down the park after school. Well, she did it the right way because... For, all, for two days later, those kids are best friends again. But you yeah. have fallen out with a parent. I mean, we had oh a terrible incident in England where I had to go to a teacher because someone had stuck a pencil into my child's penis. And he, rather than say anything and get that child in trouble, just let them and had a sore willy and uh, opened up to us later. Opened up to us later about what had happened. Now, not for a second did I want that child to be in trouble for that. What concerned me was that, that our kid didn't think he could say, feck off, stop doing that to yeah, me. Yeah, well, hold the he phone here, Tina. What you've described here is a sexual assault. <laughs> but uh, he let's was be very clear. Young. He was wearing trousers. He was wearing trousers. It sounded, like, <laughs> sounded like you said, so this kid, you know, took a pencil and stuck it down the eye of his penis. And, you know, being a polite kid, he said, I won't say anything. I'll bring it up later over dinner. <laughs> He's in school wearing, you know, a school uniform yeah. and it's a poking with the, with yeah. the pencil. Yeah, the pencil in, didn't. In ins- the dick region. <laughs> my God, I'm so terrible. <laughs> but you have yeah, passed over it. That didn't go into it. Yeah, yeah. You poked him in the penis with the pencil. <laughs> and anyway, I, my concern wasn't anything to do with the kid doing that. I was like, kids do crazy stuff. Yeah. I was worried my kid didn't think he could say stop. Exactly. So I went to the teacher and asked them to say not to say anything I said can you just keep an eye on Mikey and maybe the odd time just remind him it's okay for you to stand up for yourself to say no because Mikey Mikey just wouldn't want to get anyone in trouble Mm. ever Mm. and uh, they went to the parent and I was like I was so upset because I was like I told you not to do that and they were like she's really angry and we're concerned for your welfare now. Yeah. She's out to get you. So they went to that parent, if I can just get clarity on this, and yeah. said, your kid poked Mikey yeah. in the dick with a pencil. I hope they didn't say dick. And <laughs> schools are always saying that. Um, and the mom was like... In a rage. In a rage because Absolutely. she was like, she was my like, child would never yeah, do that. Uh, He's a liar. He's a liar. Why is he telling on her? And I was like, oh, poor Mikey, because like he hasn't and I haven't. Mm. And I didn't even know which child it was the teacher knew because obviously this child had been doing it to a few other people. But they were concerned for your welfare. Yeah. Long story short. Where they had to put a person on the gate most mornings when I for nearly two years. Tina, I had to walk you to school. Yeah. Yeah. Because the rage of this woman went for 
months. Months. And months. Months. Yeah. Filthies, the like, just. And I did it. This is the worst thing. Because I'm Irish, I like, I would say hello to her every morning. You couldn't resist it. She Which would drive her bananas. But it was a reflex. Yeah. I say hello to what everyone. You mean hello? <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, oh, fuck, I oh said hello gosh. to her again. I was like, don't <laughs> say hello again. <laughs> It was terrible. It was a lesson in doing what this mom had well, said, which time, is let the school handle but then it. Two years later, the school made a balls yeah, of it. Yeah, two years later, it was like it never happened. She'd forgotten about she it. She had forgotten. She had forgotten. Like, she did not know why she I'm was I'm obviously mad at you. still traumatized from it, but okay. she completely moved on. Yeah, so I'm saying. So the books that mm. this woman is looking for, uh, what would you recommend? Well, I don't know, really. How do you recommend a book on this? Like, I think that. My really firm advice on this is your gut is right. Don't get the parents involved unless it's out of control. Well, a bit of background here. She does provide some background. She says, my son is waiting for assessment for ADHD in my borough of London. Uh, The wait is two years. That's tough. And that's normal in England and here, actually. sake. Unless you can go private. In the meantime, what do you do? He, we are not in crisis thankfully my son also had undiagnosed glue ear oh so common too what so the hell common. is glue ear well it af- and then it affects their hearing and they're not what their is speech it? is all it's hard really glue hard ear oh my god Charlotte, i'm not the only person listening to this now going <laughs> this is another thing i have well, to be afraid it's, it's of that thing where they have to like they have to get their ears drained and they're not hearing their so their their hearing has been so affected by it that their their speech is different because they're hearing everything Flip different. Flipping hell. I've, this is literally common. the first time I've said those words. You're so funny because I was like the other day going, remember we had to stop Mikey swimming because of all those ear infections he kept giving you were like, "Dude, ear infections." Oh, I was oh, like, "I have to talk. I have to I have to talk about how cunning I was as a child around ear infections." Oh, yeah. But let's get to this because yeah. this this man this is a very good email. Thank you yeah. so so yeah, much for brilliant. sending this in because basically this is what the podcast is all about. Yeah. This woman has opened up that she's that one kid. Yeah. It was like there's always that one kid in the class. They're like, your Johnny has been difficult yeah. with my Sheila. And, and it does come down like, to the school. What do I do? Yeah. What do I do? Well, what I... But you have to have faith in that school. Like mm. the, what happened with you in your situation yeah. was... The school made a hame. They made of a hame of it, and, and then made they our were, life miserable. I had to walk Tina to school every day. They for were that very time. apologetic, but I was just like, <sighs> "What? I told you not to do that." I regretted ever going to Thanks the school. Thanks for the apology. Because I was just like, for me, it was just startling that our child was so polite hmm. that he'd let. We that should have just dealt with it ourselves. Yeah, we yeah. should have just dealt with it ourselves. But I thought, you know, maybe. At the time, I thought he doesn't really do anything I say. <laughs> Maybe if his teacher says it's mm. okay to say stop, he'll stop. But what I would say to this woman is, look, with everything she's waiting on, the ADHD diagnosis and stuff, she needs to have a good relationship with the Senko. And the Senkos in these schools in What's England that? are incredible. Well, the Senko is... What does that the, stand for? Sorry. I'm, well, off the top of my head, I can't really remember. Can we look it up? But the Senko is the liaison. She's a teacher who specializes in, um, you know, making sure that all the children who need something get it. So it's a special educational needs coordinator. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And the she, Senko is a name that came up a lot over there. Yeah. And, and but like, normally they're incredible. People who tend to be Senkos are incredibly 
giving people. They have right. big hearts and their jobs are to go into classrooms where a teacher has a concern about a child. They'll observe the child and then they will start the process if they think, okay, this child needs to be referred to a doctor. We need to get a speech therapist in. And it's an incredible, incredible tool in the school. Unfortunately, there's so many kids that need help. The waiting lists, like that woman says, are like two years long. But you got to get your Senko involved because she's the key to you getting all these things. she'll have all these books too. And she'll have all the knowledge. She'll, she'll know she'll what know, books yeah. to get. But what I'm saying about the school is I feel like this mom needs to sit down with the teacher of this class and say to her what she said to us. Hmm. that she feels like her child is only five years old and already has a reputation. Hmm. She has a lot of parents coming to her. And is there any way the school can send out a vague general note about if there's a problem with a child in the class, please come to the headmaster or the teacher. Do not go between yourselves. So that's really important right. that well, that messaging is clear. I, I'm, this is not my only job on the podcast. OK, but. What if your kid doesn't have a diagnosis? Yeah. What if your kid is just well, this being kid, this a kid, little bollocks? But this kid may not have a diagnosis. Yeah, I'm just you know, saying. She is trying to figure so out So she why. describes a couple of examples of the yeah. kind of behaviours that get him in trouble. Yeah. So, you know, I think Tina's given a great answer here. I think that the Senko is the key mm. and it's, or whatever it is, wherever you are in the world, that that's the person to get involved. They will have access to all the books and yeah. info you will yeah. need. But the examples she gives of the behaviours that are getting this kid in trouble include speaking out of turn, mm-hmm. taking off his shoes to look at a heart she's drawn inside the shoe. It sounds like a little so we can realise how cute these kids are. <laughs> I know, so show five. you the heart yeah. in my shoe. It all sounds pretty normal behaviour to you. General me. messing and doing things without permission. Mm. Now, and kids that age tend to do that. They tend just to go off and do their thing and then they're like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to ask or I didn't know I was allowed to do that. Mm. I mean... With every child, I talk about sensory diets all the time. But if your child is having trouble focusing at school, a sensory diet in the morning before they go is amazing. Do the brushing, do the stretching, do the squeezing. It will help center them before they go off on their day. So the sensory diet, if people want to go back, there is a full episode around this stuff. There, Tina explains exactly what a sensory diet is. You can go back and all the episodes are there. It's easily found. Exercises, yeah. In terms of those behaviors, Mm. though, Doing things without permission, yeah. speaking out of turn, mm-hmm. being able to just stop messing. Yeah. I very much doubt that that's behavior that this kid is reserving for school. Yeah. So is it possible to, you know, maybe just be a little model the behavior you're expecting in school at home? Mm. Like, is it possible that? He's a complete free ride at home. Not this kid specifically, but Mm. a kid like this can have a complete kind of, well, in our house, we don't really, everybody does their own thing. You mean you think he needs more of a chat about what's expected of him at school? I think he's probably unused to the structures. Yeah. Well, he's only in, what is it, year Uh, one? And if you're like willing to go, right, well, when we do this, we focus in. Yeah. When we do this and give him jobs around the house. To be honest, you're you're onto something there because... Even when our child, you always look at me like, am I? Oh, I um, <laughs> reception in England, which is like junior infants here. Babies. Yeah. Is like free play. No, like the kids mm. are having the time of their life. The jump from reception to year one. I mean, even our kid who falls in line, he found it so tough. 
all of a sudden there was demands on them. They couldn't just do what they want. It's a mm, completely a different approach to teaching in the classroom from reception to year one. So he probably is finding that tricky, like most children do. And I feel like this poor mom has had, she's scarred by having obviously a tricky enough nursery experience where her kid was mm-hmm. getting in trouble all the time. Do you know what? When I was in... Uh, England and I worked in a nursery we had a kid come to us and the report that came with him from his nursery I was just like who would judge a two and a half year old child this way like this kid needs to be isolated this kid can't be trusted this kid can't be trusted I was like oh my god what kind of an adult has observed this child and been this negative about that is mad this little kid was in our classroom now to be fair for the first few weeks, He'd it work. was tough yeah. because he was used to being isolated and taken out and stuff. And we had to kind of gain his trust. Mm-hmm. But when we did and when he realized, hang on, they don't judge me. They're not they're not treating me like Different the way. world. I mean, I used his parents used to collect him crying every day. They used to be like, you've changed our lives. He's so happy. They taught their child had all write-off. these behavioural yeah, yeah. issues. And now he probably had a few, to be fair. Yeah. like you know, But they thought it was like extreme. And they were like, all he needed was to feel welcomed and not judged. Wouldn't like, that break your heart? It, Wouldn't that? It did break that. my heart. It did break. Absolutely like, split you into. There's no way this five-year-old's not aware other parents mm. are talking about him. And that's why she needs to talk to the school about saying parents need to stop going between parents. There needs to be rules in the WhatsApp group. You have an issue, you go to the teacher. That's their we'll job. We'll figure it out yeah. through that. Uh, over on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad, we're going to talk about a situation very similar to this mm. where a kid 100% had a rep she didn't deserve. Yeah. You can hear the whole thing by popping over there now and get the full extended extra bit every single week of Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid. And I promise you, you won't Mm. regret it. I feel like you never, ever pretended to be sick to get off school. No, and there was no point even trying. You were going one way or another, Mm -hmm. sick or not. That's that. Mm -hmm. Mm. Big time. And... How sick were you going in? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, you know, when I did get sick as an 11 year old and was properly sick, it took a long time for my parents, I think, I feel, to take me seriously with the sick because there was loads of times I'd... It's a hidden illness. Yeah, I'd walk to school and by the time I got there, my knees would be black and I'd have to go be sent home because my joints would have swelled up so much. And I think... uh, this because was meant to be a crack sorry. bit of the show. <laughs> now I'm so sad that no, okay, 11 year old Tina. Let's get back to You had black to, knees well, by the time 11. you got to I was school. I 13 at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But anyway. Um, I yeah, thought we so, were going to talk about pretending you had a tummy ache. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So I never, I never got to you pretend. You don't have to say sorry. This sucks. But I actually think because. But this, uh, is, this is also like there is something else here, Tina, that like if your kid is complaining. Yeah. You got to be really careful about going. Stop! You're making well, a song and dance. Well, I think when you're in your preteens and teenage years, especially when we were kids, a lot of it was put down to growing pains. Yeah. And yeah. now we're much more aware that a lot more than growing pains can be going on when your mm. kid is that age. But um, okay, Jared, I have so a feeling that you definitely did. You're like your acting chops are well, good. Like one hundred and ten percent, I faked everything. <laughs> everything there was to fake. 
I faked it. What? Um, Why did you not want to go to school? See, I actually always wanted to go mm. to school. Boring. Boring. It was boring. It was below you. It was just boring. <laughs> I just found it just meh. I just had too many just, crushes. I didn't want to miss out on my crushes at school. Yeah, and it was all the other way with me. There were just so many crushes <laughs> on me that I needed a break from all of that. <laughs> no, I faked everything. But the when I knew I was pro was when I realized that every kid talks about tummy ache. <laughs> that doesn't cause concern. You need to child. you need to really it has to be something that will make them go oof. But not enough for them to go, we got to get you to a doctor. Oh. So I figured out earache was way better than tummy ache. That's dastardly. Yeah. No, or smart. Or I'm smart. smart. You're very smart. I'm smart guy. Did your sisters know? Oh, 100%. 100%. They always know, right? They always know. What's wrong with you? Your earache. Okay. Oh, God. What test is on today, Jar? Um, the sickest though I ever got, like you're obviously way sicker than me, sickest I ever got. Mm. And I got a lot of time off was, and I didn't tell my parents what was wrong. I had twisted my testicles oh, badly. Honey, bunny. <laughs> so you were in the habit I mean, of making up illnesses where you were afraid, you just, you were ashamed of this one. You're embarrassed. Tina, my balls were tangled. <laughs> oh my balls, I didn't even know <laughs> Like that. I'm not going to be, hey ma, look at this. Like when, um. Those baubles get tangled on a Christmas tree or like yeah. how? I mean, you're, the description you're giving people of my balls right now. <laughs> like, that's how you, it's been a long time since you, <laughs> if that's what you think. <laughs> it's more like when you're 11, it's more like two grapes in a, um, Money purse. You poor thing. And did you know what was happening or did you just think I'm dying? <laughs> I, I just knew that it was very painful and I couldn't get them right. Oh, and you had and been fiddling with them, was it? This is when it gets worse. Oh, no, darling. I didn't get time off school because of that. Because usually they, this is a common enough thing if your little kid has gone through this. It's very common, Gosh. apparently. But I scraped them trying to rectify the situation. Oh my God. Actually, my tummy Subsequently, just got an infection that moved up through my digestive oh my God, system. And you still didn't say anything. And I can remember lying on the couch and I couldn't move my eyes to the left or right. Oh God, Charlie. That was when I said to my parents, "I think I know what might be wrong," <laughs> <laughs> and they brought me to Crumlin Hospital and got everything sorted out. But boy, so oh boy. So you were boy. just embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, who, who is going what, to be proud? What were you proud? pretending was wrong? Like, was they it? obviously knew you were sick. You couldn't fake not being sick. I said a stomachache at that time. Yeah. A stomachache. Yeah. Oh, poor Charlotte. I just thought it would sort itself out. But it's funny is that I haven't, it does stop. And that's the thing that was my advice for the parents that have been through this. It continually happens and then it stops for some reason. Yeah. But, um. God. Yeah, I also just have these dangly balls. So <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Jared, my tummy is so tight. I might need to take a toilet break. What, that I gross you out that yeah. much? That's good to know. Good to know. My 10-year-old stepdaughter and my 10-year-old niece have become friends and have a great time together. And I love that. They get along so well. There's just one thing that bothers me. And I don't know how to deal with it. So 
my niece is somewhat overweight and I think she gets self-conscious about it. My stepdaughter is thin and she likes to point it out. She never says anything negative to my niece regarding her being overweight, but she sometimes makes comments about how thin she herself is, i.e. checking herself out in the mirror going, look, I'm so skinny. I know my stepdaughter means no harm. She isn't trying to make my niece feel bad or anything. I just wish she wouldn't talk about weight, full stop. I just want to say something to her when this happens, but I've no idea how to say it. Any advice on this, Tina, would be much appreciated. I mean, why is that little girl talking about her weight at 10 years of age? That, is that normal? Like, I don't even know if that's normal. I've never... 10 years old? I mean, that's coming from somewhere else. Big time. I grew up in a very weight-conscious house. Yeah, yeah. My father was in horse racing. Weight was a topic. Mm. Those who were lightest got the best jobs in riding horses. And I was conscious of my weight at 10 Mm -hmm. and younger. I remember looking at at my legs and thinking... When I was sitting down and the the you know, your your thighs will expand, thinking I wish I could make them smaller. No. I remember being conscious of the folds of my stomach when I sat and As wondering how do I get them flat. As Is that a young a child? Seven upwards. Oh, that's really scary to me. I, I would have thought then. this was more of a preteen teen. This is in the media, Tina. Yeah. This is in the media. You know, the, you don't need to look anywhere else. This is on the TV and everywhere you go. That, you know, skinny and slim is in. Now, I wonder, Mm. you tell me, this mom is obviously giving her kid the benefit of the doubt that she doesn't mean any harm by it. Yeah, it's her niece, she said. Yeah. But like, I mean, talking about how brilliant it is to be able to run in front of somebody who's in a wheelchair. Yeah. It's an insensitivity. Yeah, she's being insensitive, definitely. She's And if she's noticing that she's so skinny, she's definitely taken note that her friend isn't. Mm-hmm. And in a weird way, this is her letting her friend know, mm-hmm. this is better, you, I'm better than you. But uh, I've gone through times in my life when I've been severely overweight. That is not true. Tina, you can say that as much as you like, but I was... 27 kilos heavier than I am now Mm. in 2007. And that's a lot of bags of sugar. And people would make comments. They if you are overweight, you know what I'm talking about, that they they would talk about how great it is to be thin as a means of letting me know. Jar. And I was not imagining it. It was very tough. Because I knew I was eating and I was gaining weight because of stress yeah. and because of how uncertain my life was at the time. And, you know, just emotional stuff that I was going through. Well, it's very tough because no 10 year old should be overweight. I mean, it shouldn't come down to vanity, but no 10 year old should be overweight, really, because mm. children should be active and busy and have a healthy lifestyle. Mm. I mean, but it does it shouldn't be what they're eating because kids should be so busy it doesn't matter what they eat because it's being burned off they shouldn't 
at 10 be conscious of the food going into their body because mm. it shouldn't matter yet it shouldn't mm. matter well this is a huge problem i mean yeah. I, I i think that that's like saying well no kid should be hungry oh I mean, of the, course the I know, but i'm just is, saying i'm just saying it is heartbreaking that this poor child is 10 and i struggle i mean it's so uncomfortable for kids you mm. know but um this I is, bring this it is up the hardest the question i don't think so <clears throat> I don't think it's hard because I, I think that centering it on the weight issue yeah. is the wrong thing. Yeah, I agree. We're talking about insensitivity, not saying uh, I can't wait to see my dad when you're in front of a kid who's lost their father. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. talking about what other people have and don't have that yeah. you have. Yes. And I think if you're talking to your kid on those grounds, you're like, we're a, we bring kids up knowing that they're lucky. But the hard part here is she's not the mom. Oh, yeah. She can't really have this oh, chat. Oh, yeah. This is a great email. Yeah. Oh, she's a great stepmom. Yeah. That's incredible. What a great stepmom. She noticed something you know, that other you parents wouldn't do notice. This, and this is what I've observed you doing. Because we're in such a past remarkable culture, mm. right? There's so much of, and I really do attribute whether it's Strictly Come Dancing and X Factor. Yeah, I really hate those shows. where it's just encouraging nitpicking and judging Mm. and that's better. Judging that's not like even like... We have avoided those shows for the very reason. But also we we do not comment on people's appearances. ever. uh, Ever. And you pull it anytime it happens. Even if somebody, uh, meaning me, goes, look at the jacket on this guy. (laughs) And (laughs) I am prone to doing that. Yeah, I'm always like, hey... People have to be allowed to have fun with their clothes. Yeah. And while you might have those conversations with your partner. Yeah. And you don't. You try not to. Certainly never in front of the kids. Of the kids. No, no, no. And very rarely has Mikey ever done that. But we did have a a problem with his friend. One of his friends. And we did pull him on it. Yeah. Because it was... awful it was yeah. out the window of our car yeah and we were yeah. like absolutely not happening no 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 no, no, no we don't. and mikey was embarrassed but he was also like embarrassed by his behavior mm. too so it was very really hard but but she can't she, do that she can't be the one to do this because what mm. see if she goes to her if she like, goes to her on the on the basis if she, of if she goes to this girl's parent mom or dad and says it no how do you say no. it without saying your child's being really insensitive. I also feel like for the child to be talking like this, weight must be a thing at home. Mm. She's aware she's skinny. So maybe there is a, maybe the parents in that house. Or not. I mean, you just, the kid just needs to have an Instagram account or access to uh, the Keeping Up With The Kardashians to know uh, that this is, or any access to any kind of advertising. Yeah, I uh, do think. It's and very tricky. Well, it's tricky on both sides. She can't talk to her niece and she can't really talk to her stepdaughter because what's she going to say? What she can do is indirectly put in things that go for more walks with your stepdaughter, help her eat healthier food when she's in your house. No matter what we say, dance around it. This little girl, we don't want her to become conscious of her weight, but being overweight is not good for her. Mm. She needs to be feel healthier in herself. She is there she, an argument for just not getting involved? Oh, it's hard. Is there an argument for just going leave them at it? I mean, a, a hands off approach here of going leave them at it, and if it escalates, then you jump in. If it comes down to it, if something does happen. 
it's just too soon. Like her standing in front of the mirror and going, look how skinny I am, mm-hmm. is an insensitivity. Yeah. It's not your kid. You can't raise it. But that would be affecting the other kid. Of course. What, well, that's what she could do. She could just, you know, she's still 10, which means she still plays or draws or does something. And we always say that tool that they use in play therapy, where you get the child active doing something and then you drop in a few questions mm-hmm. and see how they mm-hmm. answer them. They feel really safe. They feel relaxed. You're asking and the them. truth comes out. And you could ask her kind of questions like. Uh, when you f- do you feel sad? Yeah. When do you feel sad? Is there anything that makes you feel sad? And she'll, they they open up so amazing. Mm, so quickly moments. as well. Yeah. The, the, the poor person who wrote in can't really do much because mm. she's the stepmom and she's the aunt. And it's not really her place. Right. Well, the only thing I would say she Unless can do. Unless she's Italian. Unless <laughs> she can go for a life. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the only thing I would say is that you can talk about sensitivity. Oh, yeah. Like you can actually talk about how aren't we so lucky that we have these things. And you would never talk about having, uh, you know, a holiday, a foreign mm. holiday in front of somebody who you know doesn't get to go on holidays. You should yeah. try and rub things in, do mm. we? I mean, that could be a much bigger conversation around, do you guys know anyone that rubs it in when somebody has something? And they'll probably both know, yeah, that Johnny is always saying how he's got this and he's got that. And how does that make you feel? Also, I mean, a consciousness of how <laughs> our words are impacting others mm. might be the conversation that needs to she take might, place. And that wouldn't be overstepping the mark. And what she might need to be ready to do, if this little 10 year old is very conscious of being skinny and how skinny she is, she needs to keep an eye on that and be mm. ready to step in if it goes further. Mm. Like, that's the most worrying part of this. I'm sure yeah. it's well, awful I, for the little girl who's overweight and I made can. feel uncomfortable about her body. But this other little girl might be at the beginnings of an eating disorder. Well, I definitely can tell you from experience that you do need to get on that quick. Yeah. Because it's hung around my neck a lot of my life. Even to now. Like, even now, it's still there. And if you don't get in quick, Mm. we both know people that have suffered massively much more than me. Mm, Um, But but, uh, I'm so grateful that this person got in touch. Yeah. And I hope that helps. What we do in the second bit of the show over on Mm. Patreon.com is we revisit an old email. Also, you know, with this question, my favorite emails, well, not my favorite, but the emails I really love are people get in touch to help. Mm. So I bet other people will have ideas for this. And I love those emails. They're great. Honey, you're ruining our kid at gmail.com is the email address. We want to hear from you. Uh, Just bang them in. We answer every single email. I should have said Tina answers every email. (laughs) That's who you really want to hear from. And as I said, we've lots more coming in the coming weeks. Tina, thanks so much for doing this. I love doing it. And today was episode 33, which is a very hard number for me to say (laughs) with my big nav and accent. Episode 33. Can't believe we're here. 33 episodes. Insane. Don't forget, buyme.ie is our proud partner and you can get £10 credit on your first order by using Honey10 on their app. Yeah, Download you can go the on their app today. while you're on the way home from work and within the hour, you're shopping. The food's be at there. the door. And you can go to Woody's. There's a load of different things on that. I'm yeah. really impressed by get it. Get involved, get stuck in and make sure to send us an email this week. We love to. Honey, you're ruining our kid with Jarlath and Tina. A Go Loud Parenting Podcast proudly sponsored by Buy Me. The only way to get done stores delivered to your door in as little as an hour. 
Don't forget, use code HONEY10 for €10 Euro off your first order. T's and C's apply.